right, welcome to Life, Mind, Beer, a podcast by Iron Horse Brewery. Uh, I am Alex Grosby, and I am joined today by... Sabrina, as always. Woo. I'm here too, Wes. <laughs> and... Uh, my name is Jared. Introducing. Well, he's been on here before, Jared. but introducing. That's right. This is my second time, right? Well... Yeah, it's my second time. Being but on we have, we have big news coming on anyway, right? Which know. is going to ruin the entire podcast. That's, that's okay. okay. That's all right. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it, you that's the good. listener out there. Regardless, uh, here is the announcement as it is. Uh, I am an uh, asshole. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. It's okay. Yeah. But, um, I'm actually I'm actually no. on Jared's side this time. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna take a beating the next three weeks, and it'll be great. Um, it's only because we love. You. I know. Anyway, I will be leaving. The podcast. Uh, I'm going to be heading out of. I'm going to be leaving Iron Horse Brewery in general. So um, uh, I'm moving to Norfolk, Virginia, uh, for my spouse's career. So, but that's a good move there for her. So that happens. You know, that's a good move. I think really to do to, yeah. to be where your spouse is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Good principle. You know. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, so since I am leaving. Jared is coming into my role kind of on the podcast, producing things, getting things going, helping out. But trying, trying you know. to. Uh, I'm not as nerdy as you are, so that's, that, that's going to be uh, that's hard to do. That's going to be I'm, the hard part. I'm, I'm pretty nerdy, uh, but. Is this the roast um, Alex podcast? Yeah, yeah. naturally. <laughs> when someone leaves, this has become the roast episode. Too bad there's more, potentially more episodes left. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll be yeah. gone after this one. Who knows? But anyway, you're done, Alex. Get out. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, since the news, which I, which I gave to the team, what three months ago? I know. Actually, it, it, for anybody that's listening, right? Yeah. I think it's this is an important element. Uh, if you're going to leave a company, you should give six months notice, and that's more or less what Alex. Yeah. Did. Right. Lots yeah. Of time. I prepared you for it, you know, but Jared has told me to pack up my things and leave probably about (laughs) seven times since that announcement. So, you know, (laughs) it'll eventually happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, that's what's happening here. So Jared will be uh, on going forward, you know, for the next whenever, however long this goes, I guess. Right. Until we until we do it or not do it. You know, or something until I forget. And then I'm like, oh, dang it. Where's Jared? It's all right. It happens. Uh, The other thing, too, right, Mm -hmm. is that. Uh, kind of changing the format up a little, yeah. Bit, which I'll, I'll let you discuss that. No, that's all right. We're we're mixing it up. We're trying new things. You know, I think that's important. Uh, you know, it can't be no podcast is like, oh, this is the this is it. Yeah, this yeah. is not, except for maybe like Serial or This yeah. American Life. But, yeah, you know, that's, where it's where it's written out. Yeah, and you know, Ira Glass can't do much yeah. else. I did propose that you know. in the break room that we just go with uh, just take all of NPR's format and just use them. You know, we can just do Act One. Drinking beer, <laughs> Act Two. You know, we can just <laughs> this American life, this yep. beer life, this beer life, burial. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, since we're doing that change, uh, I get to pick. I, I think I'm just pick. This is my last pick. I think. I think I'm gonna let everybody else pick. But uh, one of my favorite beers, though, it's better on draft than in the can here. So, but there's it would that be helpful on. if you poured it into a glass. No, that's no, that's too much work. <laughs> nice. You know me. I like drinking. Out Alex of a can. already doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. So anyway, we uh, <laughs> we posted it last night on Twitter. Uh, we're trying to get you guys in on the fun more. Uh, we're drinking Cali Creamin, a vanilla cream ale by Mother Earth Brew Co. Uh, they have two locations. Nice. <laughs> Uh, they have two breweries, one in Vista, California, and one in Nampa, Idaho, out by Boise. Uh, and they don't tell you, of course, they don't tell you uh, where your beer came from. So it could came from either one. I'm guessing, Port- I bought it in Portland, Oregon, at John's Marketplace, so I'm guessing California. But they distribute now, I think, in 
20 states or so so you know they're all over the place but anyway yeah what a strategy for them too to uh uh build that second place near boise yeah because it's you know there's a lot of people are doing it well you know when we went there i think yeah because we were on the podcast we were talking about that on the boise bonus episodes that now they get to be branded as an idaho brewery on all the menus so you know they get to get that local aspect of of being out there even if originally they they were not so so new strategy a brewery should build uh production facility in every single state yes (laughs) well and be local everywhere well we all know how green flash is doing (laughs) so maybe 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 not not. uh, maybe not a you know 200 barrel yeah i was gonna say they are just trying to distribute everywhere alex you actually have to build a new location that's true i mean i guess they just had virginia beach in nebraska so (laughs) they just didn't go far enough that's their problem (laughs) they just needed to instead of going all the way to virginia beach first they had to be like okay california oregon washington nevada building buildings the entire way across that's what i'm saying the trail of breweries (laughs) Wes, what do you think of this beer uh so this isn't necessarily uh to like a a thing that defines the style but i did get like an idea of cream soda flavor when i first uh smelled this and the little bit I can smell of the can. Hold and on, I'm going to try Sabrina's suggestion. Oh, a glass appears. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> Magic. Anyways, uh, I don't always get that with cream ales, but I definitely got a memory, sensory memory of cream soda from yeah, this. Think- Not in the sense of like, <laughs> you know, the alcoholic sodas that are out there and super popular right now. No, it's not, not like, a spiked seltzer. No, but definitely just in a, in a hint, like in a... A wisp of cream soda. Well, they used uh, Madagascar vanilla in it. I can see that, yeah. They think that's super prevalent. When I first poured it, I, I said it smelled like a cupcake. But I see okay. cream soda, yeah. I can oh, yeah. see like a fluffy, light vanilla cupcake, yeah. All right, Sabrina, you win this round. Heck yeah, I do. You win this round. <laughs> you mean out of the can, it just wasn't... You're, you're it's, much, it. it's much better here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alex, I have... A tip for you. That's always the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way, man. I still still prefer our sending in a can. <laughs> I still prefer so that. Funny. I'm not going to back down on that one. Okay. <laughs> to each their own. It's true. I should make a video series of just be like, <laughs> just like can versus glass. Can. <laughs> Except for when it's Our not next true. podcast spinoff. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll just submit those remotely. That'll work. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> and then you can still come to Cousin Fest. <laughs> I like the packaging. I mean, I like the color scheme. It's nice it's and bright. And yeah, the teal can aligns well with what California Dreaming is, you know, spinning yeah. off that. Well, their whole website's just lovely. They're, they've got some great uh, great designs going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Nice choice. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's one of my favorites. Cream, cream ale is probably my favorite style. Uh, I don't know if this is my favorite cream ale. No, Jerry's still out on that one. I think it's but definitely I do love my it. favorite cream ale. Have you had Anderson Valley's Summer Solstice? I have. That's also a really good cream That's ale. Very you know who's a local that makes a great cream ale? If you're on the west side, uh, White Wall Brewing in Marysville makes a really excellent cream ale. Hmm. Uh, I also had a good one the other day at. Oh, uh, where was I? Oh, I had a Queen Bee from Anacortes Brewing. Nice. That was pretty good too. I think it's yeah. one of those styles that's underappreciated and also when it is brewed it's kind of 
underappreciated also by the people making it a lot yeah. of times. So it's just I think they're just like, you know, just kind of like, oh, is- so a lot of the times, like when I've seen U.S. breweries make a Kolsch, it's just like their excuse to make kind of a bland lager. Right. <laughs> and let's make I, a bland beer. Yeah. Uh, Sound business strategy. <laughs> and I kind of see the same kind of thing with cream ales used for that excuse as well. Just kind of a eh, kind of a beer that'll just appeal to the masses. I guess. I don't. I don't think that's the case with this one. Oh, not at all. That's no, not what I'm saying. But, yeah, no. I'm, I'm just saying in a lot of. I'm just trying to go for the listener. Just yes, for sure. This yeah. is tasty. But yeah, no. Yeah, you know, and so. I think. But to me, there's partly maybe that's a maybe that's a smart thing to do, really, because we still we know we're not. We're not increasing the drinker share of, you know, it's just we're just kind of pulling from another other craft brewers. So I think if we can get the domestic drinker pulling into a craft independently made beer that is perhaps not as flavorful as it should be. No, uh, I think you could make changes. an approachable thing, uh, approachable beer that's also flavorful, flavorful, yeah. though. I mean, we have, you know, people really go excited about light rail, which is our not quite cream ale right have you brewed any of that uh-huh. yet is that a similar <laughs> is that similar to making it how is it different I had a uh, it's there's not a lot of wheat in it which many cream ales have okay and i'd say just from a flavor profile standpoint it has a little bit more of a hop presence than uh, a lot of cream ales yeah. but uh on the other hand it's quite light bodied and uh it's not too intense on any flavor uh qualities so we call it the lightsaber of beers mm. i don't know why but that's just because it's fun and, and, and it sounds good yeah <laughs> who calls it that it's, it's somewhere written on something <laughs> yeah i think i think yeah i think that that, that was somewhere uh, oh darren yeah. uh from twitter because yeah we, you know we, we put it out there, out there and we got a couple of responses uh, which is good mtb darren at MTV's a mountain bike, I'm guessing he's a mountain biker. Something, yeah. Or a Montana-born Darren, maybe. Oh, I don't know. He said it's really good. Hot day, light, smooth beer, very clean, no bad aftertaste. I like it. Well, thanks for chiming in. Thanks, thanks for getting in there, Darren. All right, should we get to our rundown of topics? This is our new format. We're going to do rapid fire. Well, not rapid fire, but if we go on go one, quick, we go talk on one. Fast. Whatever. Yeah. All right. So uh, oh, too late. <laughs> that was a great thought. Next topic. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> All right. Uh, so July Fourth is Independence Day, and uh, this podcast is coming out around then. Of course, it's about a week before now. It's June twenty seventh. We're taping this thing, but uh, uh, Independence Day, Indie Seal, Indie Breweries, uh, the Brewers Association has re- released uh, the breakdown of how many breweries per state, or percentages of breweries per state, yeah. have adopted the Indie Seal. Uh, we'll have a neat graphic. It'll be on our website, uh, ironhorsebrewery.com slash life-behind-beer when ready. Um, here in Washington, about 50% of the breweries uh, have adopted the Indie Seal. Uh, the highest one is uh, Puerto Rico, which is surprising considering <laughs> all the things they're dealing with down there, that they're yeah. 100%. I mean, it's But probably, I don't know how many indie breweries they have in Puerto Rico. due to the fact that they have a relatively small yeah, like one or two. Uh, volume. Wise. Same with North Dakota, Hawaii. I mean, why, you know, their major brewery is an AB brewery, so there's that. I was honestly more surprised about the states that had a low percent, lower, yeah. not super low, yeah, but no, like Washington, yeah. for instance. Washington, 50%. Not great. Yeah, I, so I but was curious, too. And here's, That's here's, out of 400, you know, 400 breweries. So here's the thing I did. I was curious. I took a look at and I, I took the data that they presented, and then yeah. I checked it against number of breweries 
and, and rework date. the data because that that's a great thing about using percentages. If you have four and you got you know three, three of them done, you're at seventy five percent. Yeah. So I did it differently and. Um, Look at you doing all this number crunching. You, See, this is why the podcast is going to be better without it, me. Well, if, and this, this is also <laughs> for the blog, too. So it's kind of one of Sabrina feels offended by that statement. That hurt my heart. <laughs> it's, not, it's not better. It's just different. It's just different. Is that what you say? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, Does that it's, make you feel better, Alex? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not better. Your mom's leaving. It's just going to be different. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yep. yep that's what it's like. uh, so what was interesting, if you just did, um, I did it two two different ways. I cut up the data, and one of them was just the actual number of breweries adopting the the India seal. So I just took the percentage and turned it into number of breweries. Yeah. That put us in the number third spot. So number one was California, of course, because with 451, Colorado 258. And then us with uh, 185 of those breweries. Mm. Those are based on 17 uh, right. brewery count numbers, yeah. so it, it could be slightly off. But yeah. so you know, when you look at it that way, okay, that's pretty good. And that's a lot more in line with actual uh, a quantity of breweries in states, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's better aligned that way. And then when you then the other thing I did was okay, states with breweries over 100. With with states that have breweries over a hundred, how many? What percentage of people adopted the the this for that stat? And, right. Um, so the one thing that was interesting was we were so there were thirteen that qualified. I think that's what I have here. Thirteen that were qualified, and we were the ninth. So yeah, one, two, three, four, five, mm. six, seven, Washington. Eight, ten, so, sorry, there's 17, and we were the 13th. So we, oh, all right, well, so all right. we're still, you know. So there's a number of breweries that are, have improved or that have a higher adoption rate. But I'd be curious to parse the in for uh, the data in light of say, uh, like production volume. Mm-hmm. So if there was if Break, smaller yeah. production yeah. breweries were yes. more likely to adopt it, or if breweries with larger production volumes were able or more likely to adopt it or less likely or mm-hmm. things like that. I'm not yep. sure what the breaking point would be. You know, I, but it'd be maybe there would be no correlation at all, but it'd be interesting to see. I mean, for my guess, I would say probably larger breweries cuz they would need it more to stand out whereas opposed to if you're a smaller brewery just relying on tap room sales or lower distribution, it's you know, it's less important to have that on there, I would think. Yeah, and but, and you also have scale too, right? So that you know, yeah. if you're going to have to order a pallet the cans you yeah. want to change that and it's going to take you a year and a half to go through those those cans well then you're probably not going to adopt that right away right. but if right. we're going through you know a power yeah. or a truckload of cans and every 10 weeks then it's a lot easier to adopt so i think scale really matters for sure as well into that yeah gonna be adding that but uh you know for me you know i think it was interesting that some of the you know the larger states you know, from a brewery standpoint, Vermont, Michigan, New York, Massachusetts, Maine, ended up at the bottom of that. But mm-hmm. you know, bringing it in that light, it definitely changes the changes the yeah. view of it. So, what do you think about the effectiveness of it? Do you think that we're going to see um, as it gets even more disseminated? You know, uh, that that it really is going to make a difference for the average consumer. I think so. I always like whenever I see the NDC, I get super stoked. Like I remember on my road trip, you know, I'd. I'd see it just pop up here and there, and I'd be like, yeah. "Oh, Curtis, look! It's it's the NDC." And he'd just be like, "Why are you so stoked on that thing?" I'd be like, "It's, it's so cool! It's People a, are using it." <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, 
Yep. No. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I will. <laughs> uh, Excellent. And done. Yeah. I still, and this is just personally, um, the first thing that's going to matter to me is the beer. And if it's a beer I want to try, I'm probably going to try it regardless. But as far as secondary qualities go, uh, I would say it's probably important to me. Yeah, well, we've talked before about how it's like, you know, people are becoming more educated consumers. And, mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. want to know the the ethics behind their products. For sure. There's so. definitely an increasing amount and percentage of people that uh, value those as high priorities when it comes to purchasing decisions. Yeah, at least it, at the very at the very least, it's a um, it's just a quick indicator of like, yeah. okay, I mean, they're independent. For me, you know, it comes back to I feel like part of it. Why is it on? I mean, why is it more on the indie brewers to make sure to have that on there, as opposed to you know why shouldn't it be the responsibility of Anheuser-Busch to put, you know, the A Eagle logo on every six-pack of Space Dust? You know well, what I mean? A division of, you know, marking. We don't have a, a really good lobbyist group that will prevent that requirement, so we've got to do it at the, at the yeah. independent level, right? I think. Yeah, right. I think it's easier to opt into something rather than force a different <laughs> yeah, group of true. people to do something. But I feel like other industries have, have that oh, kind totally, of force yeah. where you have to be like, oh, this is, you know, Old Spice is a division of Procter, like I said earlier, Old Spice is a division of Procter and Gamble. You're not yeah. just going to be like, this is just Old Spice. It's the same company it's been since 1890, whatever, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know why our industry is is different in those in those regards. Well, and it's interesting too because I think um, the latest push from the Craft Brewers Conference, right? They they're trying to get BAs trying to get retailers now to mm-hmm. to indicate right you know, big the, cooler the door and, and have stickers that so and that things. We can, yeah, have that greater differentiation. So if you get two out of the three or two out of the four, right? Right. Big wholesalers probably won't, won't implement that. But I don't know. It's gonna be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, keeping on that theme, uh, recent news out of London, uh, Beavertown Brewery in London has been acquired a minority stake, like twenty five percent or so. I didn't exactly say. They didn't list. That's what I think. Anyway, eleven. Eleven. Was it eleven? No, I he's just making numbers. It's great. <laughs> Did you see a number? <laughs> I looked really hard. Uh, so anyway, uh, Heineken International has required a, a, a minority stake in Beavertown Brewery in London. Uh, kind of everything we've seen here hasn't really gone outside of the U.S. craft beer scene. It's interesting to see it also happen on an international level, um, especially from someone that Sabrina posted this podcast episode that really kind of railed against big beer and, and, and went wholehearted on it just only I, a year ago. I think historically you know, it has happened other places. Yeah? Yeah. How we so? just we well, kind of think of it in, the, in our modern right. U.S. mindset, but all these brands we see from other countries did start out it's as true. independent brands. It just may have been over the past century or two that they were acquired. Wes, don't try to use logic. <laughs> <laughs> don't shatter our dreams. <laughs> well, I don't think we've seen it uh, on a play out on a similar scale. <laughs> like, that was just awkward. <laughs> I just killed everything. <laughs> just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Stupid facts. Come on, Crosby. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Wes is definitely right. Definitely, you know, it happens in any industry. But I think it's it's something that we've seen more here than elsewhere in farms of the modern day beer industry. Yeah. Is that more accurate for your terms there? 
I no. guess it'll work. Yeah. It's <laughs> good enough. It's satisfactory. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be gone soon, so whatever. <laughs> nice. Valid. Yeah, I like it. Sabrina, you were listening to the podcast. You listen yeah, to I listened to yeah. it. Um, it wasn't actually a podcast. It was um, a keynote address that the owner of Beavertown Brewing gave at um, this beer expo that they host in 2017. And so he literally said these things in September of 17, like not even a year ago. And he was he called out Heineken specifically about, you know, buying out uh, Lagunitas and he called Big Beer, what did he call it? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was the phrasing was very um I would call it apocalyptic almost. What are you doing with Greg Coach saying this? Huh? Greg Coach from Stone? No, um it was Sorry. the owner of the, own, the owner of Beavertown. Beaver oh, Beavertown. Okay, sorry. Already. Totally thought I heard Stone for some reason. Yeah, no. The br- the brewery that so got he drew a, he drew a line in the sand again, and then, yeah. then, the and then stepped over it. And, and, stepped and over then the line. immediately, st- and he, you know, he talked about that. I read an interview he did, um, kind of to announce the that he sold to Heineken. Yeah, he did a he, whole blog post about it. Was it was a very long blog post, <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. he addressed that too. You know, he's like, "This is gonna let me do all the hopes and dreams of and have new hires." And you know, I was kind of thing. wrong in what I was saying yeah. because <laughs> yeah. money speaks. I need dollars for yeah. something. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know what he wants to do with that money, I think, is pretty cool. They're gonna make like this huge, huge. Um, place that he calls it a beer experience beaverland um, beaver beaver world isn't it beaverland yeah something something really funny <laughs> I, was, I was cracking up but um so it sounds like a cool place but you know i'm just i i love to observe the hypocrisy sure um, yeah that happens it's an interesting in it's an interesting shift to, you know where it's like yeah, yeah if you can really just, gets the man oh the man's great yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, only, yeah, only slightly yeah, yeah. He said, Millions of dollars will do that to someone. <laughs> it's true. He called Big Beer Puppet Master. He said, Big Beer is coming and their plan is to control your minds and your habits. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. Beer. I mean, you know, if Anheuser-Busch hears this podcast and wants to throw a million dollars my way to host, you know, a year to You're going to do it? Their podcast? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Is this just like, like a job interview? <laughs> like a job recruitment? Smart. Maybe. The, the I mean, thing, I am unemployed as of August, so... You the, know. the other thing I, I think I, I feel oh, comfortable... twisting the knife in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> right, just take, we're going to hear, you know, life behind a B beer. <laughs> it's the Bud Light Orange Hour with Alex Crosby. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I think, um, you know, Greg will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our line in the sand is uh, $5 billion. Yes, it's a lot of money. So if if there's an offer for $5 billion, we probably would want to hear it. But yeah, other there than that, you go. $5 billion? Hey, I want can you imagine? Constellation no, I can't. Constellation like, sold like, for a Yeah, Constellation threw a billion at Ballast Point. I know. That's why I'm like, you know what? Let's just, we need five times that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I think that'll probably never happen. <laughs> so anyway, no, and I thought it was interesting in the reading the article about how he's like, oh, I met with Tony McGee of Lagunitas. He kind of sat me down and like was like, hey guys, you know, we still kind of run the show here, and kind of, you know, gave him the old pep talk to to help sway things, I guess. So the one know. thing I'll say about Heineken though is. I really like what they do from a marketing. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah. I really do. I just think they they, they do it. Well, I mean, job. it comes back to the thought of you know, there's like levels of the evilness of big beer. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Heineken's kind of. I mean, from what I've seen, at least Heineken. Heineken's very hands off. Constellation's kind of just a little bit below above them. Yeah, Coors is you know. Up the lesser of the two, and then you know, and then you get to AB, which is like the worst of the yeah. worst. You know. 
Yeah. But still, a million dollars. Bud Light Orange Hour. Let's talk, guys. Alex, you're fired. <laughs> I'm, I'm heading on anyway. Not till I get the contract. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Uh, we got one more topic kind of on this vein. Uh, the Florida Beer beer Guild. Ah, I can't talk today. Florida Beer Guild. We'll edit that in post. We won't. Has claimed that public supermarkets has been pushing out smaller brands. Uh, As in the chain called Publix. Publix. Yeah. yeah. The grocery not, store not chain. Publix supermarket. Makes very good sweet tea. If and anybody subs. ever goes to a Publix. Yeah. I grew up on that shit. They make good <laughs> subs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Um, so anyway, I mean, is this more, is this them pushing them out or is this supermarkets making smaller beer aisles? Well, it this would... is something that I feel like, like I've seen at least, sure. especially the, I don't want to say them cause they're a great partner of ours, sure, yeah, yeah. but downtown, <laughs> yeah. one of them downtown. <laughs> I would, I mean, this would not be the first time something like this has happened as far as larger beer companies, no, whether it be actually making deals with other companies or retail chains or just kind of indirectly offering things and deals that kind of push those retail chains to cut back on actual craft. You know, this is those kind of things have happened in the past. So well, I think it's at least an there's there's a chance that that kind of thing is happening. Well, well maybe it, I... Oh, sorry, go, you go, you go for it. Well, I think maybe I misunderstood the article, but the way I read it was they were talking about pushing out independent craft um, and replacing it with craft that had been bought by... Well, yeah, well, beer. basically, yeah. yes, that was part of it, but it's basically they're leveraging their the craft brands that they own and then saying, if you buy these will give you a better deal on volumes of our actual domestic brand. Or we'll be willing to yeah. to uh, run discounts nearly permanently because they can't yeah. obviously yeah. change the price. You, buy, you yeah. buy more space dust, yeah. you'll get a better deal on and, and Bud Light And ultimately for stores, right, it's for for the retailers, it's just about churn. You want products that are going right. to yeah. move quickly. Yeah, so. you don't want that shelf space sitting you, there. But. From a business standpoint, you can understand the position they're in. It's not favorable by right. any means for the independent brewers out there i thought the response from the spokesperson from Publix was a little mediocre though because well, basically their response was oh well people still like to buy domestic beer more than craft beer which once again from an overall market share is true but yeah. still domestic beer sales and volume sales are declining and craft, uh, regardless of the fact that you see a lot and read a lot about the growth uh, slowing, is still growing. So to say, oh, we're going to increase the amount of domestic we sell because it's a larger chunk of the market, I think is only a half-truth. Because you look at the uh, sales volumes and year over year domestic beer is declining well and they're just going to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy too if they keep up with that strategy right <laughs> like yeah see it sells more oh weird because you're that's all you're selling yeah if that's all you have yeah. and i'm going to the store and i don't want to make another stop 
I'm, you know, I guess that 30 rack of Keystone Ice is headed my way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a six pack of Bud Light Orange. Six yeah. pack of Bud Light Orange. <laughs> you got to get practice in. <laughs> I did. They, we never talked about it that I actually drank one, right? That I texted you guys that we, photo of me drinking that yeah, tall boy. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. I actually had one. It was not good. What? You described it as a Fanta, orange Fanta that had gone bad? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> weird. Which, that, I was just totally weird. expecting it to be refreshing, right? Uh, yeah. Huh. I had to try it, though. I had to. The lime. Weird however, beer, you know. On point. The lime's on point. Lime. Which is better, Bud Light Lime or a Lime Marita? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard decision. <laughs> good um, Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> let's, take a, let's, uh, let's get some good news here in, in here. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, 40 breweries have gotten behind Threes Brewing out of Brooklyn's People Powers Beer campaign, yeah. which is pretty cool. They've created special brews for the ACLU to help benefit them. Uh, the nearest one in our backyard is Cloudburst Brewing. Uh, that makes sense. When you especially look at uh, Cloudburst, they're... I love, I love their marketing. Everything. They're just like, we're going to yeah, not really down with what's currently happening in the United States. <laughs> yeah. um, I was trying to see if I, see if I can find the name of it. I, I think yeah. it's exciting. You know, uh, yeah. cause, cause marketing, and that's what, you know, idiots call it. And that's what we call it sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Despite whether if you want to say that, you know, for an opportunity to get some brand recognition, who cares? It's it's for a you know, decent cause. And I think supporting the ACLU is something that regardless of points of view having an organization like that to defend uh defend our civil liberties is really useful so so only cloudburst in 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 washington state yes i believe that's the only one out here and i believe it's ongoing like so between yeah you can keep adding and going november 11th i think is what you just have to a brewery just has to produce a beer and give a proceed 10 percent. i think of the proceeds. yeah 10 percent. i think it's such a cool idea yeah that's the only one really out our way system <laughs> right now after that you go to you have to go to california but you know good breweries in here aeronaut good fire east end finback interboro kent falls mikeler middle middlebrow which we've had on the podcast yeah, so good stuff out there. So uh, awesome. you can check out that link. It'll be on our, our website if you're not in if you're outside of Washington. You can check out one of those other breweries and get involved. It's unfortunate that the ACLU uh, has a political slant to it versus it, sh- it really should be right. a political yeah, anything right? Yeah, but man, it's gotten tied with uh, yeah with a oh. certain side of the of, of a party, which it's unfortunate. I think that it's true. Yeah, it makes things a little more. Yeah, uh, yeah, confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, cl- it claps it up a little bit. Anyway, good but a good them. good stuff out there, and uh, you know we have our own uh, great cause beer going on right now. Our awesome ain't easy IPA. Yeah. Uh, I think it's still on draft down there it at the sure pub, is. so uh, you can help ALS research by just drinking a pint, which is yeah, it's part of that what you do anyway. So, yeah, the ales for ALS yep. similar thing going on. Uh, so that's the one we're involved with, which is still really great. Uh, just want to put that out there. Of course. That was an ad by Alex. <laughs> and not for the, Bud Light Orange. Best, yeah. <laughs> an actual good one. All right. Uh, let's see. One of my favorite beers, classic beer, finally coming out in cans. Wes, your thoughts on this? Anchor Steam going to be coming out in cans. I'm glad. Take it wherever you go. I I love Anchor Steam. Anchor Steam is a, is a great beer. beer. As someone who really likes beers that are true to style, it is a great example of a California common. And it's the example. 
it really if you're going to talk about uh archetypes of styles yes it really is um it's it's delicious refreshing great beer for warm weather any time of year really and i think it's just like with any other beer having it available in more than one format of packaging makes it available for uh enjoying it in a wider variety of situations so you know for people that like to go outdoors which and do things like hiking and things like that which i'd say there's a sizable chunk of the craft market that involves people like that um cans are a great option i think it's great for um playing chess (laughs) you prefer a can to a bottle in your chess games (laughs) that's right uh i thought that the size of the can was kind of interesting it's like 19.2 ounces that's unusual yeah (laughs) founders has a can yeah there's 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 two or three there's two or three and we're kind of exploring that package format with some of our wholesalers too but i mean it'll be good um it'll be good format for you know concert venues yeah uh Sports, sporting events, things well, like that. And the 19.2 format is is kind of replacing the 22 ounce bottle too. It's true. So we're that makes a lot. We're of kind sense. of seeing because that set is shrinking. So yeah, uh, I think it's good. The cool thing to be keep an eye on was just see what their growth looks like. Just a matter of taking their flagship beer, putting it into a cans, and just see what happens. Yeah, because I mean, their bottle, I, uh, the bottle has been pretty iconic for the yeah. longest time. Yeah. But it'd be really interesting to, to be in other places and be yeah. like, oh, I can have an anchor steam. Do you yeah. think this decision of new packaging was pushed by the new owners? Probably. Oh, I would think. Uh, so. You know, yeah. I think Kieran would, yeah. would probably yeah. be in on yeah. that, but it's okay. No, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I would say you, you you're just looking at data, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know oh, I don't know if Fritz less. Maytag would have put it in a can, but you know. Yeah, it's okay. Things have to change sometimes. Yeah. Um. All right. I mean, I had one other packaging thing. I'm excited. Dogfish Head is making their variety pack in a box that you can I turn into it. a cooler. I'm so stoked also to go buy that. Also includes a koozie, so your hands don't get cold with your There's cooler a box. There's koozie in it? It comes with a, one can is pre-wrapped in a koozie in every single box. I'm going to be honest. I just looked at the picture on that one, and I was like, I'm going to If you store. click the link, there's, <laughs> if you click a link, there's an introduction video that's pretty freaking sweet. To show you how to build it? Show you how to build your cooler box. Uh, I'm uh, a big fan of multi-use packaging, right? Yeah. So it's whenever that, whenever. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, just that. grab the box. Don't have to worry about a cooler or Thing, just a box, mm-hmm. bag of ice, and you're ready to go. And you're drinking dogfish, great independent beer from Dogfish Head. So. Yeah, I think this is also an effective, well, I guess we'll see if it's effective, but potentially an effective way of combating uh, larger breweries like AB yeah. pushing, you know, they're really pushing multi-pack sales now. Yeah, right. Uh, like variety 12 packs yeah. of a lot of their craft owned brands that has definitely been something that they've talked about a lot recently and I, I you can just see more products like that coming out so i think this could very well be an effective way of seeing the innovation that is inherent in the actual craft brewing industry yeah. and thinking of new ways to continue to innovate and offer more value yeah so I, i'm yeah. with you like the multi-pack is what number three category or something something like yeah. that so it's, 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 it's there. De- there's de- a lot of growth there yeah 
How do we ship? How do we incorporate Freon or refrigerant into our packaging? How do we take this up to the next level so it's all, so they can just be floor stacks that are chilled all the time? That's what we need to do. There you wow. go. Uh, well, I guess you could put a lithium iron, a rechargeable lithium, lithium ion battery that powers your refrigerant somehow yeah. in the plastic <laughs> casing. So you should sell it in a reusable cooler right. at all times. The problem is you only really want to buy it once right. at that rate, you know. But, well, and I, but then you USB charge it whenever you want a cold cold beer, you know. And that's a you know that would work. But it's a great idea. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. then we're just gonna patent that one. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's get that going. I guess. <laughs> nice. Uh, hopefully that uh, anyway. Never mind. Anyway, Jared's got some questions going out. Let's get into his oh, yeah. segment here that he wants to kick uh, you off. You know, I don't know who wants to tackle this. One of the things I, I and some of these might be too simple. Well, so we'll start simple, and then you know, maybe each pad get, podcast we'll get into something a little more complicated. But myths and and dispelling dispelling them or confirming them uh, if they're not true. Is that, is that how that works? A myth being not true? Myth, myth, but, well, we can't myth. really call it that. It's not really had a TV yeah, show. Maybe it's true, or maybe. <laughs> myth <laughs> breakers. Myth <laughs> breakers. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gentle uh, fixers. Uh, so, two questions I had just regarding pouring, but we can add, add our own too. Uh, the first is you notice people talk about when you pour a beer into a glass at a bar, at a restaurant, whatever it is, and you know the tiny little bubbles. Is that really an indicator that it's dirty? and it, Or is it something else that's going on there? Well. Yes. Uh, usually bubbles stick into the side of glass, especially in an uneven pattern, is most likely an indication of... I, okay, I'll say dirty, but sure. I'll preface that with saying there's different levels of dirty. Yeah. It's not like there's grime and crap left in the glass. A lot of the times it might just be that there's a thin film of detergent or whatever cleaner was used still on it or something like that. So it's not technically really dirty. Could it be hard water but, spots? Uh, if it's That's got to an extent where it's really damaged the glass. Sure, that's potential. Uh, the Cicerone program has actually put forth a standard of cleanliness more than just basically clean called beer clean and it's a whole process not like anything too in depth but just talking about uh, how to properly clean glassware and uh, that's worth looking up we can, I'm sure we can link to it on the website if people want to know more about that but the beer clean standard is really the way to go so so the the follow-up question to that is then what do we do as a consumer if we're at a restaurant a bar our own place you know what as you run across this sabrina what do we do how should a consumer react if they get a glass like hey i'm noticing this stuff what should we do about it so with like the little bubbles like wes says it's not like the glass is like dirty per, per se it's just the bubbles are going to stick to it because the carbonation has something there to grab on to um and so i mean in, in that position i would just drink the beer um where i where i encourage people to return it is if it's you can see like lipstick rings or like oh, sure, food residue yeah. or things like that yeah. because that's kind of grody but um you know if i'm of the opinion that you know it's probably just some some oil or something that got left behind or some detergent or something um and it's probably not going to kill you. Right. So <laughs> the, it also depends on the setting. Yeah. Uh, so 
<laughs> if you're at just a basic restaurant, then it's probably not going to be something they're they're going to pay too much attention to, and they're probably not going to want you, or they're not going to be willing to take your beer back. If you're at like a really nice beer bar that prides themselves in their tap selection and all that, and you're paying a premium for the glass of beer you're drinking, and you're one of the smaller chunk of consumers that actually might notice that and um, know what you're talking about, then I think at the, in that kind of situation, it's fair to say, hey, kind of noticed this. Uh, would it be possible to get a new glass? Yeah. So, it's that, you know, yeah. being, being kind about it, I guess. But Right. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, I think we should link to that if we someone who whoever's in charge of the website, we should link to that. <laughs> uh, the the other uh, the other one regarding pouring uh, into into a, a glass from a can or a bottle, not necessarily from a from tap. Is it better to pour it aggressively or really smoothly, where you tilt the tilt the glass down? And I say this because I saw, you know, one of these Facebook posts of, of a certified cicerone aggressively kind of pouring it saying it's better for the gases is, is that true I think uh, so. well i mean you know we kind of covered it a little bit uh at some point i remember talking about this but anyway um you definitely want at least uh foam you know some people will pour it in and they'll go for that pour that has yeah, no, no foam, foam or none Wait, what was that called by the guy the that, that stupid art- article the stadium pour I think? no it was some other name like I can't remember the caveman pour or something like that. I don't know. No, Iceman was that it? Uh, Iceman something maybe something? that was something in that article. Yeah, there was something in that article Anyways. that was like you shredded that article, yeah. dude. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, yeah, yeah you if you do the slow that. pour where you have no foam right. and it's really up there, you're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of the aromas and flavor out of the beer because you're not you know churning it up enough. Um, you know, as far as an aggressive pour. I mean, you don't want to go too much and have a glass full of foam. I mean, you should always tilt your glass, you know, as far as... Not just straight down the gullet. (laughs) Well, I once again, I think it depends on the situation. It's true. It depends on style, too. So, in an actual serving environment, say at, like, the pub or the tap room or something like that, uh, the standard 40 to 5 degree angle pour most of, you know, three quarters or whatever and then lift and get the head formation uh, nice head formation, I'd say that's a good way to go. It's pretty straightforward, standard and does a good job. If you're at home trying to enjoy a beer best you can or something like that, I'd say actually pouring it straight down into the glass and, you know, it's going to foam up quite a bit and then letting that uh, the head dissipate and then doing that again uh, and then repeating that until you've poured the whole bottle or can into the glass, that's actually probably a better way to go. It just takes more time. Sure, so yeah. In a you situation where you have more time to do it, it's worth doing because you actually get uh, better head retention when you do that. And along with that, there's a lot of things that will affect. But for one, you're actually going to increase how how well you trap the flavor the volatile flavor compounds within the liquid whereas if you say you have like a beer with no head on it 
you're going to have a lot of more, more of those flavor compounds just kind of evaporate into the air rather quickly. So so when I ask my mom to get me a beer, then I just say, Mom, just pour it and just come back to me in five minutes when it's ready to it, Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was called an Iceman pour. Okay. The Iceman yeah. pour. I, I thought so because it was dumb. <laughs> that article was not great. <laughs> Stupid. It was fun. Good to Aaron Park, though. Uh, anyway. All right. So uh, uh, that's it. Aggressively poor. Yeah. And uh, gently ask to have a new glass if the, the circumstance dictates. If you're fancy. If you're fancy. <laughs> um, but there is a there's a beer clean standard that we should, consumers, everyone should kind of be aware of, too. Totally. And nice. servers. Servers, especially. definitely. Servers, yeah. yeah definitely. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you if you gently tell a server, "Hey, you know, I don't know if you guys are doing this process this way, but these are not beer clean," it's an opportunity for that establishment to really like take a look at what they're doing yeah. and grow or be better. Just kind of the goal, always, right? For sure. That's great. Well, that's all I got for the the myths one for yeah this one. But. I think that'll do it for uh, that'll wrap us up for this week. Nice. Um, yeah. So next week's beer, right? We're going to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. We're uh, going to have, uh, you should uh, go grab yourself some Deschutes Black Butte Porter. Yeah. It's I'm excited. Classic. I'm excited because it was my first yeah. craft beer uh, when I was 21. <laughs> because we don't drink beer Because you don't drink. It's illegal to drink unless you're in Canada or in other states at that point. <laughs> My first beer was at 14. It was a Heineken. It was in France. (laughs) It was a Bud Light Orange. (laughs) It was experimental. Tested on me when I was six. So I'm really experienced. Government testing facility. Alex was indoctrinated. But no, uh, grab yourself some some Blackview Porter and uh, tell us what you think. Maybe we'll we'll get live and you can join us live. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how that could work too. We we could try that. Share a memory. It's been around. That beer's been around for a long time. So I'd be curious. So uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at Iron Horse Beer or email us podcast and ironhorsebrewery.com uh, or reach out many other ways uh, we'll, we'll find you but uh, join us uh, in drinking a black beer porter and we'll be talking about it next week uh, we'll have more fun topics for you here's my last question uh, how likely do you think it is we're going to see um, not your father's hazy root beer <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think 100%. I think 100% it's, it's going to happen. Probably being tested in the same government facility as Bud Light Orange right now. Okay. Wes, I feel like by your laughter that you also agree. Oh, definitely. I mean, I hope so. Man, because you know what I hate? It's inevitable. I hate, I hate when my alcoholic root beer is clear. Okay? Yeah. It's the That's worst. Right. Yeah. You need that juicy aspect. I want juicy root beer. <laughs> right. I want juice and pastry in my root beer. That's right. <laughs> I just think it's funny that there's alcoholic root beer. Like. Yeah, why not? The you know, root beer was you know, root beer was invented as the antidote to <laughs> prohibition. Now right. it's like complicit. Uh, all right, it's all worked out. Uh, so yeah, if you like the new format, you hate the new format, reach out as well. Podcast Ironhorsebrewery. If, if you're mad at Alex for leaving, uh, uh, direct that. <laughs> hate mail to Jared and I think I've heard that before. You can say it now, yeah. <laughs> and it can all go to you now. That's great. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That only started because of trivia. But anyway. <laughs> Perfect. I just carried it over. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. We got a uh, beard brew, marketing to do, things to do, HR to cover. Anyway. All right. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.